Hi, I'm Dan Higginson, and welcome to the 31st episode of the Idle Hand Society podcast, where we hope to discuss and learn more about effective creative process. He buried his original pirate material at Amroth Beach, so nobody would ever find it. I'm joined today by Paul Bentz. Uh, good morning, Ochtend, Ochtend. What's Ochtend? This morning in Dutch. In Dutch, we're doing Dutch now as well as well. Oh, me, I'm multilingual, you know me, Ochtend. We're also joined by vocalist, songwriter and producer, Kevin Mark Trail. Hello. Mate, it's good I to did. have you with us. Morning, uh, Kev. Morning, morning, morning. I've heard so much about you from Paul and Roman. It's unbelievable. But everyone's been saying how nice a guy you are. Oh, it's lovely to be here. Don't believe it. The lie, You were saying earlier though that you're only nice on a Friday. So Friday, you that. got me on a Friday. Yeah, yeah Friday yeah. morning. So it's good. It's good. After a smoothie. Yeah, <laughs> after a smoothie. You're looking healthy, Kev. I'm trying. Yeah. Walking, walking, eating right. Um, going to bed earlier. Yeah, earlier. It's a good thing. I mean, always in bed by 10.30, me, mate, see? Mm-hmm. Good, for, good for my skin. Really? You too? Yeah. I, I didn't have you guys pinned as, as an early bed. Once it's gone past 10.30, that's it. I'm done. Are you ready? Yeah, out. Out out like a light, mate. Oh, okay. <sighs> I had no idea. How's a lockdown been for you, Kev? Yeah, lockdown has been a, uh, a crazy one. It began with uh, home improvements because I had a leak in my bathroom. Um, during lockdown, so... <laughs> Like me and my brother-in-law DIY'd that and then it was kitchen, then it was kitchens and fences and garage walls and in amongst that music and walking. I found, I found walking. Um, have you stayed, and, have you stayed quite productive then during lockdown? You said music, like, I know that I've not been as productive as maybe I should have been. I had waves. So the beginning of lockdown, it was trying to set the whole world to rights within music. And then it was like, okay. Is a break. I need to live a little. I need to slow down and, and kind of connect with self, I guess, change routines a bit. But I guess overall it was good to uh, reset and reevaluate and really like look at what's important, you know, family, friends. I mean, we're still on that tail end of the COVID-19 and it just puts the whole world into perspective, I feel. Yeah. I was listening to. Uh, I've I've just gone back and listened to all your all your records that you've done under your own name. Yeah, wow. we had we had Kevin Day yesterday. We we <laughs> did we did we were sat editing listening to you together. Actually, it was yeah, it was quite romantic. Um, <laughs> like I don't know, you seem like a like a guy that thinks deep, right? I was listening to Heartstring and it sounded like you. I don't know. It sounds like you're pondering stuff. Like, what are you pondering at the minute? What am I pondering at the minute? What am I pondering at the minute? I'm pondering, uh, if I'm really honest, I'm pondering uh, time, using my time effectively. Um, I'm pondering what I want the next stage of my life to look like. Uh, I'm pondering uh, just balance, you know? That's the main thing with me is like, when I get engrossed in a project, I tend to go hard. And right. sometimes at the detriment to myself. So, and also just try, looking at, okay, uh, in amongst the, the things that I'm involved in, uh, that aren't my, my own projects, how do I manage them? So, so I guess that's the biggest punch is, is the biggest thing I ponder in life is that. And just, just what you want life to look like and just being peaceful. How does the how does the writing process begin for you, Kev? What does it usually like? Do you have a piece of music first, or is it you put words, or does it does it matter? Does it one you know does one feed the other, or does it? 
How does that process start for you? Um, the writing process is pretty, uh, pretty organic. Um, it all comes at once sometimes. So it's kind of like I'll have a picture in my head, like a world. And sometimes that world is, is everything at once. So I'll get the chords, I'll, I'll get everything. I'll just hear everything. And then, or sometimes it's, I'll start with the lyric and then, and a melody, and then it will be based the chords around that, like what I want to create. So, I mean, on a basic kind of note, it will be major or minor. Um, and also choosing what instruments I want to create is like, what what do I want it to feel? It's going to sound strange, like underwater, or do I want it to feel like on top of a building, in a forest, in a city? Um, and it's it's very like a movie for me. Like That's I see really what, interesting, like kind yeah. of... What that question of what do you want people to feel, or is that mm. what you want to feel? Is is is, is it both? Are, are you trying to express an emotion or, or a way of feeling, or 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 both? I suppose. I, I think I, I had to always, or what gives me peace is kind of bringing it back to self. So I kind of think about myself first. I needed to make sense in my world, and. I need to like it and it needs to evoke that emotion in me so I can live with it because I don't, I'm not really based in, it's going to sound really strange, but whether someone likes it or not is a second question. So I need to be comfortable with it first. Um, and I'm so critical. So it's like, <laughs> yeah. So I have to be happy with it first. And I, I'm very instinctive, so I'm very quick. I got, I've got a question for you. So you, you, mm. you've, been, you've been in the industry a long time, right? You've seen, you must have seen and heard a lot. So yeah. this idea of artists us being critical of ourselves, does that go across the board? Or, or do, you, do you find some people are better than others? Like, do you, how, how do you, this idea of like self-criticism and how we kind of deal with that, I suppose? Is it is it across the board from people you've seen in the, in the music industry, or do you think it's like even people who've had big hits? I suppose do they do they think, oh my god, I still hate this song. How did I write this? This is shit. Or or are they thinking, oh my god, I can't. I'm this is great. Do they have the confidence in it? Like from the from the outset, I suppose. Um, that's difficult to tell. I mean, when you're working in the studio and there's a vibe, um, it it differs from people. Some people are more expressive than others. Some people. <laughs> you lay down a vocal and it'll be done and they won't even say anything. They'll be like, okay, okay, great. I'll just, I'll just work with that. Some people are like, oh, this is amazing. And there's a vibe. Um, I guess what has made me less critical is like, one of my singing teachers said to me, it's a picture and it's that on that day. And, and as long as I'm happy with that picture, I'm all right. And that's how I look at it. Um, and I tend to just do it and leave it. The older I get, the more at peace I get with it. Um, and I think being artists, we are, I don't know, it's, it's, I think it's good to always be critical of self because then you're always growing to a certain degree. But then it's the balance of that and letting it go too, I think is important. So, I, I, yeah, it differs. I think everyone's different. You know, everyone has a different approach on it. Um, but for me, I just tend to not take things personally if I'm working with somebody else whether that's the excitement or the or the 
non-expression or, you know, just like, okay, let me just leave that there and let's yeah. move on with my life. <laughs> you know? I always find it's worse in, in hindsight. Mm. Like, I'll, wh- whatever you do, you sort of enjoy it in the moment. Maybe you lay it down, it's on a record or you do it live or whatever it is. And then when you look back on it, when someone plays it back to you, like years down the road, you're like, <laughs> what was that? <laughs> That's that's the one I always find. It's it's fine there. It's it's afterwards. Yeah. yeah. Do you find that? I can empathize with that. I can empathize with that to a degree that it's weird listening to yourself. Like I'll be at friends' houses sometimes and like they'll put on something or something will come on and I'll be like, Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's kinda of gross, isn't it? Yeah, that's weird. I, I find it's like that looking really at yourself weird. in a mirror or something. You know yeah. like Sometimes you get out of the shower, you go, oh my God, what was wrong with me? What's happening over there? <laughs> <I am. laughs> <laughs> you're, you're beautiful, Dan, you're beautiful. You are beautiful, Dan. Oh, guys, come on, I wasn't fishing for comments, but I'm going to take were. all of I know, he does this all the time, Kev. He f- puts his rod out there, he's feeling a bit <laughs> Too, low. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Look at me, I'm old, i got a wonky eye, I'm balding, you know. He yeah, wants, yeah. He's, he's fishing, but he's fishing. Yeah, the, yeah. the beard is beautiful, he's got beautiful beards. Yeah, Viking, Viking beard. Right. Majestic. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Me, apparently Game of Thrones are doing a new series down in Kent and they're after extras, but... Oh, really? No. <laughs> I don't I think I've ever, like, watched an episode, do I see? <laughs> the second you put a dragon in it, Paul, I'm like, out. Like, oh. I love a dragon, but... I love a dragon. Like... <laughs> I love a dragon too. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh, my God. Come on, mate. I don't know. What's don't know wrong what with you? What's wrong? I mean, everybody loves a dragon. Nah, nah, dragons, orcs, like elves, nah, it's not for me. Elves! Okay, elves. I'm not Elks, yeah, elks. <laughs> not a elks, dick dick again, bud. No, oh yeah, we're still talking about dick dicks. <laughs> oh my God. I had to Google what that was afterwards, Paul. It's true, we had We had a chat the other week, Kev, and yeah. uh, Paul was telling me about some tiny antelope thing that lives on the Serengeti called a dick dick. Dick, dick. yeah <laughs> <laughs> true i thought he was chatting shit but i i googled and anyway it, it's a real thing it exists wow. it's a real thing Love, lovely sorry. little antelope it's tiny it's like it's like bambi basically and you would think right on the serengeti and these massive plains how the hell does it survive but it's it's fast man like you know it, it's ears are up constantly twitching looking around anything's here <laughs> It's gone. <laughs> you ain't gonna get no dick, dick today, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> they don't look like they'd be a good meal anyway. They look, they look well, a, bit small. a bit like chicken wings, but I imagine. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe. <laughs> Jesus, right? This is going off the rails real fast. <laughs> wow. Kev, talk to me about collaborations. Yeah. Like I've, I was looking. It looks like you've done a lot of collaborations, and I hadn't realised. But you're on that um, the first Streets record, right? Mm-hmm. You, you've got a couple of appearances on that, and yeah. I remember listening to that back in Jesus. When was that? Like really early two thousands, two thousand one, maybe. At that point, I think they were like my formative years, right? So I was in my late teens around then, um, and I remember I was working in McSlave. Me too. And we we used to put um, we used to put records on in the back. There'd be this stupid CD player. And somebody literally tied it with a piece of string up. I remember hearing that original Streets record like way back then because there was a, a girl I worked with. She was absolutely fucking obsessed with that record. And then like the next one or two afterwards as well. So it, it was really weird actually when I, I sort of, I was looking into you and I was going back and seeing, oh shit, like I know this guy's voice already. That was a bit weird. Like 
where are we now? 2021. So, you know, like nearly two decades later or whatever. So, yeah, I mean, sorry, I was just going down memory lane a little bit. There, how, but... how does that all feel now? Yeah, like looking back on it, what does that, what does that feel like now, all that time in your life? Was it mad? <sighs> was it crazy or was it not as crazy as it maybe? Like, how, how did it feel to you? And also, where is that on your career? Like, that is that kind of the beginning? I couldn't think, I, well, I'd looked through your pages and stuff. <clears throat> I couldn't find much before that. So was that like the start? Um, how, how did it start? Tell me how you met it. How you sorry, met, that's, yeah. all, that's about sixty questions. Yeah, yeah, sorry, okay. you're loading them at you. Okay, let's start. Let's start. How does it feel? Um, it feels. It feels good. I guess um, it feels good. It feels um, like you know. I feel like it definitely captured. Uh, my imagination at the time because I, f- I first heard um, has it come to this um, and that was the first introduction to that to Mike for me I saw that video on TV before I was involved in a project and I really liked it because he was singing in a British, British accent talking about British things and I loved the visuals and that was very much as an artist my uh, aesthetic was the sound sounding British because there were a lot of British singers anyway. There was, there was Omar mm. and there was like rap, rappers like Rodney Pree, Black Triangle Fallacy, and and and, and Roots Maneuver, um, uh, who were doing stuff around that time. But no one had really broken through um, commercially for me anyway that I was aware of. So when I saw that, I was like, "That's cool." Um, and at the time, I was gigging and um i was at uni at the time so i was like like gigging in places like jazz cafe and doing my own thing kind of under the radar like building my stuff on uh as an artist and i have my own band and stuff but um where am i 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 so that was happening and then i was in a band with the former drummer from the streets called johnny and we were we went to college together and he was a friend of Mike's and he got me involved. He introduced me to Mike and Mike came down to one of my gigs at Jazz Caf and then asked me to guest on the album. We went and re-recorded it at his home in Brixton in a wardrobe, like a couple of vocals. And he was just a normal guy, you know, um, cool. He was cool. And then we recorded those tracks and... Did that, and then it was like, okay, you know, that started to move, I guess. You know, next, I was working at JD Sports at the time, and I remember hearing um, it being played on, was it Kiss? Kiss? Uh, it was a garage DJ that played it. I can't remember his name. Uh, but that's where I first heard the record, uh, Push Things Forward. And then soon after that, it was like, do you want to do the shows? And, you know, we went into rehearsals, and... After we went to rehearsals and we did our first couple of gigs, it just went boom. It wasn't no one expected it to to blow up, I guess, the way that it did. And then eventually we were we were abroad, you know, we were doing festivals in Japan, Australia, an American tour, with people like Gwen Stefani, Guns N' Roses, Oasis, you know, all of these massive Morrissey, all of these massive bands on the same what, bill. 
What was it like going from like that, from like being where you were into that JD world? Sports. Yeah, mm. going from JD mm. Sports into, you know, traveling to Japan and supporting Mario. Like, did you, were you having those moments of pinching yourself going, is this real? Was it like a surreal experience? It sounds batshit crazy. Yeah. It sounds bad. I can't imagine what it's like to be working in retail <laughs> on the shop floor and then suddenly this record comes on that somebody else is playing. That's not you playing with the stereo. That's mm. like a DJ somewhere is yeah. spinning a record that you're on. That must be fucking crazy. Yeah, I mean, I mean it was crazy. Um, but at the time, I was kind of like, I was involved. Like, I was I was kind of, it was crazy, but it was always the destination. You know, I mean, in, in a weird way. Yeah. I so I felt really privileged, but I kind of, you know, I, I went to college, studied it. Uh, pop, uh, studied popular music, then went to uni and studied the same and was kicking. Um, so I was kind of in and around the industry to a time, but I recorded an EP at Soul to Soul Studios. I'd done bits and pieces, but nothing that big. But it was, it felt really cool. It felt like a, I guess it was a privilege. You're lucky, like in this, in this business, it's luck and. And chance and I don't know a bunch of other stuff, but I felt it felt really good. No, it's good music though. It was it's a classic album now, right? Yeah. If you look if you look back now, it is a fa- it's an emit from one all the way through. It's a brilliant piece of music, right? And I think it's, it was good, right? That's why it it it, it worked because it was it was a great. Album. It's, like, it's got now, the energy. It's got the energy of the time, right? Even now, yeah. it it sounds timeless. Like you can put it on today, oh, yeah, yeah. and it doesn't feel like it was written twenty years ago. No, you not know? at all. Mm. Like it's got that. I and I don't think like like there's there's only a few albums I remember from that era that lasts for me. Like, and that's one of them. It definitely is. Like, mm. and I would say that even if you fucking weren't you, I think it's it, it, it's definitely up there for me. You know. I, 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 have, I have to give like credit where it's due. It's got like I featured, so yeah. Bre- but still, still, bre- like, I think you're part of it, right? You were part of it, so yeah. But the brainchild of that is 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 um is Mike. You know, he's definitely oh, yeah, um sure. he's got something. He's definitely a, a great writer, a great poet. It's his baby, and we kind of get drawn in to do whatever we do. Um, and I have to give him. You know, it's been it's been wicked working oh. alongside him and seeing him move and, and and actually seeing him back and have seeing him grow into the the kind of he's an icon he's the icon that he kind of is in in for our generation of sound and mm-hmm. you know um so I, I have where to did be... the ideas come from what and what was he like to work with was he a night like, are you still friends to this day you, you like uh mike i'm still part of the streets so i'm yeah. we're touring next year january um oh, and... please let me come and see like, I'm definitely yeah, you're welcome come through def- i definitely love that yeah he's, he's just a normal cat he's just a normal guy like, he's just a normal It seems really honest. But like, I don't think you can make stuff like that. And it's the same... Uh, I'm tiring everything you've done, Kev, with the same brush. Mm. I, I think it's really difficult to make something like that and not be honest. Mm. It's got to be your personality, otherwise... But it, doesn't this come, come... Like I mean, I know... So, across in all work, so not just music, photography, art as a whole, like, you, you if you're not honest with it, then... It's not real, and, and you can everybody can sense that there's there's some fakery there. So, it, and get into that point where 
Uranus is a really difficult place as an artist, as a musician, right? It takes, takes it's a lot of courage, right? yeah. You put it's much easier to impersonate someone else. It's much easier to go, I really like what this person's doing. I'm going to let me, let me try that. And not in a kind of sleazy, I'm just going to rip that person off kind of way, but like as a... Well, we all copy bit, to begin with, right? I copy, right, we right. do, right. But it's, it's really it's, difficult to just be vulnerable enough to just be like, do you know what, this is me. Yeah, I think as an artist, and it keeps shifting and changing. Is like I was talking to my mate about it the other day. It's like there's different schools, you know. There's different schools. There's there's um, writing for the charts and what that is, and it's not to say that you know within that realm there's certain rules and there's certain things that you have to do, or you know, or certain things like following certain sounds or certain formulas, and that changes with the generations. But that's the whole world within itself that has uh, like one global voice, yeah, right? An energy, and that, and it's the same within genres as well. If you go into like jazz, or you go into this formulas or things or sounds that are popular at the time, and then you get things where somebody breaks through with something different, and then almost that something different creates a new genre and then there's a formula based around that. So um, I feel like as I'm getting older, I have more acceptance with respecting everything and not giving something more worth than other things because it still takes a level of commitment. I I hear you on the um, being genuine, but I don't feel like that's the only path for an artist to take. Um, and I think there's different worlds within that. And I think maybe it's even more harder in some ways, or just as hard not to be, um, re- like, talk from a real place or, or have to create this facade. And maybe we all create a facade in a way, mm-hmm. way in this world to get by on a day-to-day. So it's yeah. it's a lot more complex, I guess. It's, yeah, I'm still figuring it all out. <laughs> But the weird thing we found is that as we've spoken to, I mean, we've had all sorts of people on on this podcast now, right? We've we've spoken to painters, to mm. cinematographers, to uh, just like basically, if there's a medium, I think we've kind of we've had it represented now. No, no sculptors yet, actually. Well, we've no got one in the, in the bag, haven't we? We have, we have. We need an architect as well. But then I think we've basically hit all the creative mediums that I can think of. And there's this theme that carries through that when you speak to the person, when you kind of get under their skin a little bit, suddenly their art makes a heap more sense and you feel like you know that person a little bit better or you know the work a little bit better because you understand where they're coming from. Yeah, I think it's important to get under people's skin. Um, Yeah, I think... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you said you said um, before you came on that you, you teach and you help uh, yeah. t- songwriting. Do you think that's helped your songwriting by uh, by teach by teaching? Do you think that's helped your own or or not? Yeah, I think it's it's helped. I mean, one thing that I've kind of gathered is the most important things. Well, for me, um, songwriting is stories. So I believe everyone can write a song. You got a story. We can write about it. What's the main point of your story? You know, where does that start? Where does that stop? And how, you know, teaching just uh, refreshes that because you're meeting different people, you're hearing their stories, you're hearing different approaches. Like I'm teaching at Lambda Drama School at the moment and just seeing, you know, that environment and, and just how 
actors go about learning about characters and creating stories is a whole other realm and the conversations that we have about personalities or about um, finding a voice is really interesting. Um, so yes, in a short kind of answer, yes, teaching really, really helps and, and, and makes you realise that there's always something to learn. I, I'm the student, you know? Um, yeah, I know it, it can sound weird, can't it, to say stuff like that and be mm. like, yeah, whatever, you know, he's saying he's the student and it's kind of the rote thing to say. But like, I, I get that, I 100% get that. I don't know, I guess it just forces you to spend time thinking about something that you wouldn't normally dedicate the time to thinking about it. And I think by reading other people's work and, and looking at what they write, you, you, they must, sometimes like, you must come across somebody and they're just doing something completely weird and you think, oh, that's, that's cool, I like that gonna steal that <laughs> <laughs> or, or at least like this is what it would look like if i did something like that like you kind of it helps you understand i guess it's just like the journey like how you put things together i don't know i think it's super weird i know that since we even like this podcast i don't consider this education whatsoever i'm just gonna throw it out there but since we started this i feel like my feelings and my understanding of what I'm doing has moved on like a great deal just by talking to other people and help like kind of just coming up with I'm getting all tongue-tied just understanding where other people are coming from I think has helped me out a great deal and I I can imagine if you're teaching and you're constantly thinking about it in that way and you're not just observing everything from the point of view of do I like that person's stuff but you're actually thinking about what are they actually doing here is there a lesson I think it just changes the game. Mm, I think it does change the game. Um, the only thing that keeps me grounded in it is I step into a room and I step into the room in the same way when I work in a producer or, right, or, or in any situation is I'm of service, you know, and it's not about my story. It's about what they want to do and me understanding what they want to do and being a tool within that. Um, yeah. And I'm really careful to my detriment or to my, <laughs> you know, to my betterment or whatever, it gives me more work. Like, I'm, I'm actually, like, got so much work at the moment uh, with, with the teaching. And I'm just, yeah, I'm just like, I want their voice. I don't want mine. So I always, I second guess. I give them a path and I'm like, or a route or an idea. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, how, 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 do you, how do you go about getting, like, you're, I'm your student. You're my teacher. Hi, morning, morning, Mister Mister. Why are you putting on a weird voice? So Kev's trying to get your real voice out of you, and the first thing you do is please, can you, please, can you help me write a story? I want to write. I feel like you've just regressed back into being a toddler. Amazing! I'm jumping up and down. I wish you could see me. I was just jumping with laughter. Love it. Terrifying, mate. Yeah, imagine that Dan you is your guinea pig, right? What's what's, yeah. what's what's the steps of nurturing somebody to 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 a better to be a better storyteller, Kevin? First thing is love. The first thing is to make the person feel safe and the mm. person to feel valued and that their voice matters. And it matters just as much as yours. That is rule number one. Mm. That is no matter what they are, you know, like no matter who they are. Is, is is that they are safe and their ideas are valued. That Everything comes from that for me. Mm. And then okay. it's about understanding 
perspective. You know, obviously there's melody, there's heart, there's lyrics. Um, I always say character, place, person, emotion, you know, as, as the anchors. And then song structure and form and the rest. We kind of we've got music around us all the time. Everyone could create a melody. Then it's just going to a piano and melody goes up, it goes down and it goes straight forward. Just giving them access to that. And then, you know, it's, it's and giving space. I realise, you know, I give people space and time and options and which is, it takes a longer time in the process. Um, and then it's about them. It's about where they want to go and where they want to take it. But I get, try and get them to touch into that, um, the stories of their own. Uh, and that's it. I, I know that sounds really simple, but it works for me. As, mm-hmm. as, a, as a starting point, um, space space and respect and love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What have you been listening to, Kevin? What music have you been listening to? Have you, what do you like in at the moment? You got any, knew, got any tunes you like in? I knew you were going to do that. I've got to go on my phone. <laughs> 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 I, go, I, go I know, I did it. I, I, I did it. I've been listening to your playlist on Spotify. I've been like, you're putting them on. Oh, my Ooh. God. <laughs> oh, you need to give me a minute on this. Let me see if I pull up my computer. Um, I've been listening to the Beatles. Have you? Yeah, I don't know which tunes. They come up on my albums. The Beatles. Any particular um, albums or just, just like random? Just random what comes up. Um, I've been listening to Oasis. Mm. Um, what Oasis? Was one? Really? Yeah, a live, a live CD of Oasis. Uh, here we go, here we go. This is my new playlist. Gregory Porter. Yeah. I, okay. I went and saw him live. A friend of mine was singing back, back in vocals for him. Um... And I saw him live. He was amazing. Uh, who else have I been listening so, to? Alfred and Alfred made a video for Gregory. He was doing yeah. that part. Yeah, yeah, he did the Winnie. That one, you know, I kind of not going to sing it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Go on, Paul. Give, give. <laughs> Something about water. It's got water in it. Sing it, sing it. He's got to sing it. He's got to sing it. <laughs> I, I can't even remember the lyrics. I'll just Don't, don't do it. too good a job, though, mate. We'll get PRA'd. <laughs> Okay, can I tell you something I was listening to on Radio Go 4 last night? On. So basically, they were doing this experiment on language. Yeah. And they, were, they made up these two words. One was boco or book, 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 no, not book. I can't remember. Just give me one second to Google it so I can be sure. But it's like boco and kiki. And they were asking which one sounded rounded and which one sounded spiky. So if I was going to ask you boco or kiki, right, which one would you choose is spiky and which one would you say is rounded? Kiki. At first, I was like, Kiki sounds spiky, but I think Kiki's quite warm. It's quite, you know, it's quite circular. And Bobo sounds, ah, it's a bit more, yeah. Yeah, Bobo and Kiki, that's it. Bobo and B-O-B-O-R. They made it word. Bobo is spiky for me and Kiki is rounded. Oh, I'd have gone the other way around. Okay. Yeah, I, I would have gone yeah. the other way around as well. Yeah. But, but yeah, they basically they worked out that... that we do see words in in like as in forms, right? So as in, yeah. which I found was really interesting. And they were just it was the etymology of language and how it how it all starts. And um, now they're going to do they're going to do this through the whole of the English language. They're going to choose words and they're going to do experiments. They're doing it all online of how what shapes we see words. If that makes sense, that's really interesting, isn't it? Very interesting. That's really really interesting. Like language. Uh, language is so interesting. I was reading, I've been listening to a, po- a pod, audible book and I'm going to find it by, um, what's his name? What's his name? Uh, Frantz Fallon. 
on, it's called Black Skins and White Masks. And it talks about language um, and how we are given language and how socially um, some people can feel inferior or superior because of language. Like definitely if they come from tribal cultures and then move into the West and learn a language and then go back to their environment, how they may be seen or see themselves as superior to the people in the original environment. And just how I think language is a useful um, barometer of understanding someone's culture. Um, and I'm really intrigued with how, like, in other cultures, language is a lot more complex than how you can take the same word and say it in a different way and it has a totally different meaning or it's a different word. Um, and how things get lost, um, trans- translating them back into English, it's... it's I think language is amazing. It is. Oh, yeah, yeah. I wish I could speak other languages. You speak Kent, don't you then? Or <laughs> I, I think Kent. Just, I'm from Kent. <laughs> I love how every time you do that, it sounds like somebody from the East End. <laughs> every are. single time. You are. You sound like you're from East End almost. We, we all just sound very posh here. Very, very posh. You do. You almost, you almost, you know, like your daddy's got a tractor, mummy's got a tractor. <laughs> Does everybody <laughs> on the tractor? Got a tractor. <laughs> Paul's been listening to that garage music again. <laughs> garage music. <laughs> so music, music that I have checked out is, um, I'm well into animation as well. Um, there's a series on Netflix called Arcane. I've seen uh, it. Is it any yeah, good? I, yeah, I love it. I love okay. the soundtrack in it. So I'm, I'm getting into soundtracks. I'm, I'm like, I'm loving movie soundtracks and like, um, yeah, 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 series soundtracks. I'm digging that more, more than anything. Yeah. You know why you know what I was watching? Go on, sorry, sorry Paul, go on. No, no, go on. You go. I was watching. Um, I was watching that program, uh, that Brian Cox one, the Universe. Okay. And the soundtrack to that. I mean, everything about it. It looks incredible. Like, but the soundtrack to that is batshit crazy. It was really, really. I wasn't expecting the soundtrack for some BBC documentary to be quite as good. I wasn't expecting it to be bad. Don't get me wrong, but like, it was really good. That sounds really amazing. Good. I've written it down. Going to check it out. Yeah, yeah. Oh, what, go watch Universe. It was actually really interesting. I'm a bit nerdy, like I quite like space. I love space. I love sci-fi. <laughs> Did you watch June yet? Do, oh my God, do you know how long I was waiting for June? Do you know how long? Do you know how long I was waiting? Like, my, my lifetime, it feels like. I saw the first one and everything that I could relate it to it. And I saw June was coming out. And I have to say, I'm not mad at it. Like, I give them respect and props. I dug some of the actors involved in it. I like the bits that they kept. I like kind of drew it out a bit. I'm intrigued about the second one. I'm glad they didn't rush the story. And there were a few bits yeah. in the movie that were new to my um, palette that I appreciated. I haven't read the books, but... You haven't read the books? No, I probably need to read. I need to read the books. Yeah, you've got to read the books. Tanya, my other half, Yeah, she's read the books and she was like, they've cut out loads okay. like there's like lots and lots and lots of history that they've cut out mm. apparently you you just wouldn't be able to recreate the books the books are like huge mm. and maybe i need to listen to an audiobook i'm dyslexic right so reading takes a, a fucking age for me mm-hmm. it was bloody good it's a shame i i felt like um what was the lady's name that he kind of i don't know actually sorry i'm i was about to give out some spoilers there that what I can't remember what her name was, but they didn't give her like many lines. Which one? She says about three things. The one that he sees in the visions. In fact, that's not giving away anything. You see that in the trailers. Yeah, I think that's coming. I think I right. it was clear where that's going, isn't it? Really? I hope so. You all know where that's going. <laughs> She's got about four lines in the whole thing. Yeah, I think second, <laughs> second, um, second episode. She'll, she'll. I really like it. Yes, I really like it. I love the relationship between 
the mum and the son as well. I, I don't yeah. feel that was in the first movie that much, and that was really nice to see. Normally, it's always father and son. So, do you know the story behind the first one? Uh, so it was David Lynch, right? Mm. So he wanted to take his name off of it when he took the job. I think he did all the filming, and then they took away the creative control from him. They wouldn't let him have the edit, and he was like, "Well, it's not my movie then." Like if if I can't if I'm not in control of of how I pull this thing together then it's not my movie. I didn't like the first one, and then I sort of read a little bit into it. I bloody love David Lynch. I've got a Twin Peaks tattoo, right? I'm I'm there. <laughs> but like you the fact that he wanted to take his name off. Kent. <laughs> That's what we're doing, Kent. We just love Twin Peaks tattoos, boys. Let's go down to the tattoo parlor today, shall we, Dane? I'll have one of those anchors on my arm. <laughs> Oh, we should get a matching tattoo. <laughs> what should, are we going to get, Paul? I think it would hurt too much. I, I haven't got any... No, it's fine, man. It's all right. It's not so bad. Really? Yeah. We, we could all go together. We can, go, yeah, we can have a tattoo day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's do it. What let's, would it be? What would, what would you get a tattoo of? Ooh, too gonna, many. If you were going to get a tattoo, I think, I, I th- I think it would have to be something like um, a pineapple. Really? Oh, Where did that come from? Or, or, or a grapefruit? Maybe a piece of fruit? Just why? You know. <laughs> why? Why is it? Because <laughs> I'm quite Paul. fruity, Dan. Okay, right. it's you're fruity. blowing my it's mind. Fruity. It's fruity. I love the fruit. <laughs> oh, we got this question that we ask everybody, so I'm going to ask you. Right? Um, one, the first question is: What a tiny thing, a tiny thing that gives you great joy. Oh, Dan, oh, Dan's oh, going to give you an example, aren't you, Dan? Come on, got, come Dan, on. Okay, Dan's you want me to give you an example? I've got a list. Dan's uh, got a list where are we at now? We've got 25 things on the list, Paul. Pick a number between 1 and 25. 19. Accurately guessing the time before you look. Oh, I like that. Accurately guessing the time before you look. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's, that's a good I think one. you can see Kevin's the cogs are turning. Difficult. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We've had a. Who was it that liked it when you um, when you're hoovering up and you and you go over something and you hear it go up the up the, up the tube. tube? Who was that? Was that Alex Wilby? I can't remember. Yeah, we've had some classics. <laughs> People are weird. People are Small weird. thing that brings you joy. Um, I like I like the early hours of the morning when everyone's asleep and I'm outside having a cigarette, which I'm trying to quit, and just hearing nothing. That's a small thing that really brings me joy. Nice. Yeah, cup of tea, chilling. I like clipping my nails. Clipping your nails is a good. I like that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's just like that, 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 that feeling of is this. They drop in onto the, my wife's side of the bed. <laughs> <laughs> you just wait for her to go to work, and then that's yeah. what you're in doing. And leave, them there. leave them there. Just leave them there. <laughs> that's, that's that's my gift to you. <laughs> I love you. Happy birthday, baby. <laughs> And I was just picking up the dog poo from the garden. <laughs> oh. We have a loving, we have a very loving relationship. Yeah, I can tell. Free. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she, must, she must really fucking love you. To <laughs> I was going to tell you about something that horrendous happened last night, but maybe I'll save it for a Christmas special. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Actually, well, we need to sort out a Christmas special. Like yeah. we've given this zero thought. But yeah. This podcast is due out on the third of December, mm. and then we've only got like two more oh, for Christmas. What we should do, Paul? Right? We should have a triple Sorry. play. We should have an orgy. Should we get like six people on at once? 
Christmas party. Yeah. 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 Good. Rib, rib yeah, yeah. Like, rib like the Christmas party. <laughs> Idol has Christmas. Maybe we do it in real life. We mm. take down a few microphones. Yeah. Right. We'll all get together, have a few beers. Yes. It'd be nice to catch up, wouldn't it? In real now life. Now you're talking. Now you're going... talking. That's real. That's when the real. You're that's, in, that's, that's, you're I'm, in. I'm in. Have you seen, um, uh. was it called Sutton Booze? I don't know. I think it's, it's Rapper Does It. Um, it's Rapper Does It on, online. I can't remember. He's had everyone on it. Um, Net, right. Um, he's had the Net Tunes. I can't remember his name. Pharrell. Pharrell. He's had Buster Rhymes. He's yeah. had Puffy. It's, it's called Drink Something. And they just all get together, have a drink and have a chat. It's really... Drinks champs. Drinks champs. There you go. Nice. Right. So, so okay. we need to do the Idle Hands version of that. Idle Hands. But, but it's just, just once as a Christmas special. Yes. I, don't, I don't know. We need to give this some thought. But yeah. Okay, yep. well, let's make that happen. Um, I make a mean cocktail as well. So I love cocktails. I love cocktails. What, what are you into? Oh, uh, pina colada. Okay. Anything, anything kind of, kind of sweetish or... Bitter, sweetish. Um, yeah, I, I used to. I, d- I drink a lot less now, mm. but um, I like a nice drink. Yeah, right. I like good. a beer too. Honestly, yeah, yeah, sure. T- Tanya's really good at the um, all the all the really posh ones, like the pina coladas. She does really well. Mm. I can do the really really boozy ones, right? Okay, so, like your like old fashions, you know, gronies. Okay, uh, I'm really into a thing called a vuca ray at the minute, which is like. Uh, Sounds like it's... something you get on your foot, bud. <laughs> <laughs> it does. <laughs> I'm not going to be drinking that, my son. I know I'm from Wales, but I'm not fucking sucking down your Veruca. That is no chance in hell. Oh, it's got like cognac in it and all sorts. It's really good. Paul, you, you'd be into it, even if it does sound like a Veruca. Oh, you, Jesus. You'd be into it. That's funny. That's it's funny. well boozy, though. I'll give it a go. All right, well, let's let's work it out. Let's yeah. work out a way of doing a Christmas. I like that we've sort of brought everyone on that journey with us. You're here in the planning stages as we speak. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I, I bring volunteers. Roma, I shout out Roma. 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 <laughs> oh, yeah, Roma's basically the third the third host of the show. Right? He's, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's our link man. <laughs> Bonjour, Roma. Bonjour. Bonjour. I know he's listening. He listens on... Roman. Roman. <laughs> he provides See, I, I already know he listens on the Saturday morning, so it'll yeah. be the 4th of December right now for Roman, and he's, and, and he's probably he leave... there doing the hoovering up, and he's with cleaning up note... after the kid. He's with his notepad leaving critical comments for us, so when he, when he rings up, he can go, well, you know, now, it was good, but there was a point on 4 minutes, 32 seconds when you said, and then you should have said, oh. <laughs> <laughs> He's very particular. He's on it. He's on it. The funny thing about Roman is for a man with English as his second language, his, his grammar's better than mine. Very he speaks yeah. in fully formed prose. He's like a book. He's articulate. He's articulate. Uh, he, oh, he's he doesn't need to stop for breath either. You can just like, he takes one breath. He's like a deep sea diver, one of those free divers. He can go under the water for about seven hours. He's very like deep. Very deep. I know it's audio only, but Paul's actually doing actions. He's he was, doing he was, he, actions. He was swimming. I was Oops, in the water, was... boys. In under the sea, <laughs> under the sea, <laughs> darling, it's better where it is wetter. Take it from me. me. Come on, Kevin. Yes, let's go. I don't know why. Dan, you're in. You're in. I'm so out. Come All on. I know is it's a Disney movie. Do you remember earlier I was saying about we used to listen to like records when I worked at McSlave? Mm-hmm. Right, there was this one guy. 
who is a I, I'm a bit of a punker, right? All I, right? I really love my punk music and cool. stuff. And there was another guy that I worked with who was properly, properly into punk as well. But he was also really, really, really into Disney musicals. Right. So you would hear, and there's nothing, right? He, he's, <laughs> where was he from? He was, uh, he was from Newcastle. Why are you, man? Top of town, like? Like, some teeth missing, looked like a punker. Right, but he would be in the kitchen and you'd see him dancing around uh, like under the sea or something and he knew all the fucking words. Wow. He'd like serenade you as you come in. It was nothing more terrifying. Who doesn't love a Disney soundtrack? Come on, bud. I know them all. <laughs> Moana, so, yeah, might, I, Moana I, might be up there as my favourite. I don't know. I don't know. I don't Moana's know pretty cool. My daughter loves Moana. She loves Moana. Yeah. She loves They've it. just done a, a, like my, a live action one of those, right? Have they? Of Moana? I think so. Have they? Really? We didn't know about that, Kevin, did we? No. I don't know. I'm probably mixing it up. Tanya's going to be listening. They might have he doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. No I was going to ask you about Michael Kuanaka. I love him, Kevin. He is really cool. Yeah, I remember just... bumping into him like at the beginning, like me doing um, open mics, that nice stuff when he first started playing guitar. And a couple of people that I know actually do his backing vocals. But I think I think he's really great songwriter. Really love his his voice um, and vibe. He just seems really grounded. Really nice. Says hello when I, I watched a, I watched a, one of his videos on Vivo, and it, I, I just love the way his songs. It's like a journey. His music, right? I feel like I'm going on a journey when I'm listening to a piece of his music. I don't know why. It feels like you know. It just it starts off, and then it's little bits, and then he's adding a little bit, and then another little bit, and then another little bit, and then it all comes together in this kind of sort of, I don't know, big wall of music. It's, I think it's, I love it. I really have spent a lot of time listening to Michael. I was going to ask you what you thought of his music. Yeah, I think he's really talented. He reminds me of um, almost like a modern-day Bill Withers, you know? Mm. Uh, is, is he British? Is he British or American? He is British. He is he's British. British. He? Yeah, 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 he's British, um, which is great too, mm-hmm. you know, having him uh rise as he has um is he london is he london now or is he i don't know if he's a londoner i know i've, okay. I've passed him in, in london um okay, okay. does some of the same festivals but yeah he's 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 great he's so great. next year you're getting back on the road then you're, you're going on the streets tour how are you feeling about being touring for you that's going to be quite intense isn't it um touring i'm looking forward to it i feel like in these times it's a privilege to tour we did some touring this year um which was good. I'm beginning a little bit strange because I'm like, okay, COVID, how's this working? Yeah. But um, yeah, it's, it's, you know, COVID definitely taught, I think, musicians that we are privileged to do what we do. Um, so I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. You've yeah. been back on stage, haven't you, since since the beginning of the pandemic? Yeah. What was that like, the, the first time you got back on stage and... The first time we got back on stage, it was up north. Was it? Was, I can't remember. I think it was Tramlines Festival. And Did you, was this was this on your own? Or this was with the streets, right? Um, and that was really interesting, really nice. I always take time to talk to the backstage crew or whoever's running the festival, or you know, have an exchange with them. And, and it was man, cool. shut up, shut up, you liar! Now I know what he's like. He's like been there behind, and he's like. Do you know who I am? My name is Gabby. <laughs> <laughs> what accent is that? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I think you said it to me. So he's, like, everybody says Kevin's really kind, but they don't really know him, Seabird. <laughs> <laughs> 
There's a column inside me. No, but that, that's the best. It's only because it's Friday, isn't it? I think that's important, isn't it, Kevin? It's who you are. Like, you, if, if I like, you're a kind-hearted, like, lovely man. And I think, like, the people that put it all together, like, matter you, right? It matters. It's not, it's not just mm. you. And, and I, I think that comes across in who you are as a person, in your music. Um, sometimes you can be slightly a bit of a dick, but that's all right, you know? Yes. <laughs> You know what I'm thinking? You have what I think moments. I'm not, I'm by no means a saint. I'm not going to hold my hand up to that. I, <laughs> I don't believe it. Predominantly try and be a good person, but I, I don't believe I it. I have my dick moments in I, I don't buy it. How's, how's fatherhood been for you? How, can I ask how old your daughter is now? Diane? She's six. She's okay. six now, um, which has been a blessing, um, but also difficult, because uh, she lives in Australia. So, Hence, me spending a lot of time over there. But during the last two years, with COVID, I've not been able to travel there. So I found that really difficult, to be honest. Um, but I just try and uh, keep a link to her via the internet. Mm-hmm. Um, whether she wants to speak or not, it's just like, I'm there. <laughs> I'll call. Be like, Dad, don't want to speak. Okay, I'll call tomorrow. Dad, don't want to speak. Okay, I'll call tomorrow. <laughs> Um, and send a video, so you, you have to keep your resilience up. But she is um, definitely the most beautiful thing on the planet that has ever existed. Um, and I can't wait to That's see really her. sweet. Yeah, she's amazing. A lot of I read, or, did I read somewhere? Sorry, I, obviously I've been like diving into your work and yeah. I've read a few interviews and I can't remember if I'm making this up or not, but Heartstring, is yeah. like a fair chunk of that about your daughter? Is that right? Um, I think all of it is. Yeah, I wasn't I wasn't gonna release that at all, to be honest. Um I wasn't gonna release that and then I'm glad you did. Thank you. Yeah. There was, there's there's like one line in one of the songs, if basically if I'm gone when you're listening back to this, then like understand this is kind of about me and the way I feel about you. And I thought that was that was really, really um amazing. And I know that Paul's been talking a lot about some of the work that he's been doing and mm. he wants he wants to be remembered like by his kids for mm. for some of this stuff and he's like it's kind of for them um sorry paul's just come back paul i was just saying about um you you've been talking about the legacy that you're going to leave and how you hope your kids kind of take from your work that you're kind of this kind guy and you know, i think that, that was like i when so i i started doing this documentary project on um mm. the wandle the river wandle which is a river that runs from the back of my house from mm-hmm. Uh, Wandsworth and it goes to Croydon all the way to Croydon and, and <clears> basically I just before lockdown started I think I started following the trail and then lockdown hit and basically I was dad because my wife's a, a lawyer so basically I spent those first 10 weeks of lockdown one where it was so intense like two children me as a primary carer as a teacher look doing the whole thing um but one of the things, so we used to, we used to do school in the morning and then every afternoon we'd go and walk the Wondle Trail, the three of us, just literally go. And there was that weather in that first lockdown was incredible. If you can think back, right, it was amazing. And, yeah, it um, was. We were really lucky. So I was shooting the project and, um, I've lost my train of thought. So yeah, I was shooting the project and they were coming with me. And so I was shooting them as I was walking the Wondle Trail as well. Mm-hmm. And, but, but I was thinking, like, what was what would be one of the messages if my daughter, if Rosa looked back on the book in 10 years' time and was looking through it, what would be the message that would come from it? And I think one of them would be kindness, like the importance of kindness and how, you know, we as a society, we kind of, we sometimes forget that. We kind of were so busy in our lives that we 
we we forget those simplest sentiments. And I think that that if that would be the one like of everything that I've ever taught my daughter, I think the one thing I'd wanted to be is kind. Like I think it's more important than anything else. Like how how like we can all become selfish and self-obsessed and go down our own rabbit holes. But fundamentally, if you can come back to that point of being kind and thinking about somebody else, that's, that's it. That was, that was the one thing, but it, it took a, like, it took a long time. Like, you I mean, these, those 10 weeks, I wanted to kill her at times. <laughs> it's like, you know, <laughs> but, but really demonstrating how kind you are. Though, but no, but, but I mean, even in those moments of when, you know, when you are being challenged and she is being difficult and, yeah. you know, I, I still, and, and that I think I changed as a person during those couple of years because I think maybe I wasn't as, as, like, you know, it's easy to say I want to be kind and to be actually to, to be kind and, and to actually act it out. And it's, it's, it's difficult. It can sometimes be challenging. And, and, and that, that, I think that message is always now in, in kind of, it sits there, like, in the back of my big, small brain the synapses firing but the kindness is is like i think it's, it's the most important message i think if we were going to think about anything in the world if, if everybody was kind i think it would be a fucking better place right but this it's mm. not going to be like we mm. you know we're not kind to the environment we're not kind to strangers we're not kind to I mean, could we could go on about oh, uh, i think people are like really insular though aren't they they don't really see beyond their beyond their world Mm. I think that's, it's weird though, isn't it? Like, oh, but we, but I think part of our, our job as parents and as fellow is, is like, and it's difficult when somebody isn't being kind to, and they're not part of your family to bring them up, right? And say, by the way, mate, you were just being a bit of a dick. We, I don't think we do that as a British society. We're kind of like, it's like stiff up a lip. Let's just get on with it. I don't care. You're not like, you go around London, you're on the tube, right? You, you know, people are, they got their heads in their phones. Nobody looks up anymore. They're even walking down the street. You're on your device, and they like they're completely oblivious to everything else that's around them. We're we it's weird the way the world's going to go. But like you know, we're going to have these devices on our heads, and they're going to be over our eyes, and we're going to be walking around with glasses on in ten years' time, right? I was reading today that Apple are releasing their AR tech visor thing next year and it's it's, it's going to be we won't carry a phone round in in 10 years it'll be through a pair of specs and having a real world conversation with somebody is going to become a lost art i think it's like what did they used to call those uh the people because google did this right a while ago and i think they scrapped a project the they had glass, this, glass glass google glass yeah, but people called them glass holes <laughs> yeah it's true though it's true they okay. will become they will become the people like there will be Luddites, people who will, will not will always rail against technology and you know the Nokia's and stuff. But the mass, I reckon, the mass of people. I don't know, man. Like you, you think, right? I, you might have touched on something there. So the Luddites, I don't think they were against technology. They were against starving to death, right? They they didn't want to get with the printing press because they knew that it it was going to fuck over their livelihoods. And I think the relentless waves of technology and progress leave people behind and it's always like the the least privileged people that get left i don't know i, I know i I've, well maybe maybe to, yeah i agree to some extent actually but i do have a friend rob his name is and um i need to go we 
the weed, the weed. <laughs> go, Kev. I love the subject, but I need to go. <laughs> go, Kev. Go, 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 go. Honestly. We're going to put a stop plug on. Do, 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 do. He can't hear us. I think I think that that yeah, there is there is always there will always be people that have and have not, right? That that's the the way of the world, unfortunately. But I I, I worry though the way that technology hasn't come alongside us. It's kind of almost I don't know, crowbarred its way into our lives. Like, may, and maybe this is what all technology like, does, right? Maybe like the telephone and the TV and all of these things that have come right. before feel the same way in a way, and and that eventually they just become normalized. And so I feel like there are there are two minds though, right? So there's your mind. You're an insular person, and you've got your own shit going on. And maybe you sort of understand the bigger, wider world a little. <laughs> And, and you try and make sense of that shit. But there's also this, like, this other mind that isn't your own, that's like the the world, and we have this one thing that drives us all forwards and progresses everything. So regardless of, like, what you want for yourself, the world is going to carry on. And we as a species just, like, keep pushing that shit forwards and forwards and forwards and forwards until... I, well, I just guess... I. I I don't know. I think that's the only reason we're still around, and it will probably be the thing that kills us as well. What do we? Right? What it's... do we want? You know, I feel like this is the problem. Like, like, what do we want? Like, I was, I was, you know, I've, I've, as human, like from a very young age, went to Jamaica, had family who lived in the ghetto, family who lived in middle class and upper class. So I got to see the spectrum of understanding what it was like in London. You know, you're a foreigner, but you're a Londoner. Went to Australia, New Zealand, lived there, met tribal people who, some who live off the land, more in tune with the, with nature and their ancestors and, you know, like seeing ourselves as caretakers of this garden and then no one owns anything. If you use the resources in one place, you let that replenish, move to another place, use those resources, move to another place. And then when you get back, everything is back to where it used to be. And to me, these old things seem logical and I feel like the more, 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 more thing is really interesting. And also the things thing, like, uh, yeah, my grand said to me, who's 90, she's going to be 91 this year. She said, Kev, um, things, don't get caught up in things because, you know, I've like, you know, we've got so many things that, uh, promote your value in this society, whether that be, well, talking about in my career, like who you've worked with, who you're on tour with, how much money or how much followers you have, um, what car you drive, what house you drive, how much money you've got in the bank. You know, all of these things are what we base our value systems on. Who's on TV? Who's on... What about the value of a human? What about the value of just your voice or the value of just waking up in the morning and just having some, a cup of tea, because really the most important thing is life. If you get, if your life gets taken, you have nothing. nothing. I think we measure, we measure people by that other stuff because it's easier to understand though. Mm. And we all do it. Like we, we all try not to get wrapped up in it in capitalism and 
and the pursuit of stuff, but we all we're all guilty. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know how you parse those two things. I don't know if I've ever really met anyone that isn't that isn't identified by their belongings. Mm-hmm. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Or about the number that's in their bank, or the number of followers they got on fucking some social media platform that won't be relevant in five years. Like it's it's all just arbitrary. But rubbish. does any of it matter? And like I don't think it does, right? It no, doesn't, right? But we all know that, but we still do it because because there's that is it peer pressure or that idea of no? Because Joe across the street is doing it, I've got to do it. Mm. I don't know. I I I I think I think society has to change. I think this capitalist like more 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 more. oh it won't change it 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 was here before we got here paul and it will be here afterwards that's the reality right all you can do is live the way that you feel like it makes the most sense to you kev you were talking earlier on about some some stuff that made me think about uh, have you read any stoic philosophy when you say stoic philosophy what are you referring to you're sorry (laughs) 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 you have to go a bit deeper (laughs) okay right i i reckon just having spoken to you now yeah, for like an hour yeah. and and have a look into stoicism what, what is, yeah, I, I, I may I, have like because there may be a few things like that like, I, I don't know i'm terrible like with, with titles so i probably have you, you probably would know it mate if if you'd know the word if you've been reading about okay. it okay so, stoic how do you spell that let me write it down uh oh god you're asking F-T- me f-t-o-i-c <laughs> yeah philosophy yeah, Stoic philosophy. Okay. Is it a genre There's, or is it? So the Stoics were some people, I think, where was it? Greece or something. Mm. The history of it eludes me, but there was loads of... If you go really far back, some of it can be quite difficult to read. Um, you'll have stuff like... Uh, I've got loads of books around me. Um, like Marcus Aurelius and, okay. and that kind of stuff. But But that stuff's not... I mean, that stuff is important. It's like the foundations of it, mm. but... Uh, after this, and maybe I'll include them in the show notes as well. Yeah. There's a there's a guy that writes some really great stuff at the moment. I mean, books, uh, books that I have out. checked out. Um, one that I'm checking out right now on Audible is the Comfort Book by Matt Haig, which I found really cool. Um, and also the Four Agreements uh, by Miguel Ruiz. Um, and constantly, there's quite. I've, I've probably read or listened to more than I have. Oh, I guess over the last two years because of COVID than I ever have. Um, and my mental health has become a lot more, you know, important to me. It should have been before. <laughs> I, I think, I think it is really important. I think if you, if you don't look after yourself, if you don't do this sort of stuff, I think it can be a real, real problem. Mm. Did you have to do a lot of soul searching before you wrote Heartstring? Like, obviously I know it's about your yeah, yeah. or a lot of the words just came, but did you have like a bit of a grand plan about these are the things that I want to say, or do you just kind of let it flow? Oh no. It was like, it was, okay, how am I going to communicate to this human how much I love them? And how am I going to deal with the pain of not seeing this human? Because she's at a stage right now and she's still at that stage where she does yeah. not understand. She doesn't care about COVID. She doesn't care about planes and that. She's like, where's that? That's not around. He used to be around. Where is he? And I, and I have to hold that. So it was just like, okay, cool. What can I do physically? Well, she probably doesn't really remember her time before it, right? Yeah. Um, well, 
No, she's she's quite she's quite on it, man. I mean, she's she used to travel here, and she she you know she remembers things. She remembers a lot. She's probably um, yeah. she's a lot more sensible than I am at six, probably, which is really <laughs> strange. <laughs> she well, she she is a, she thinks that that's crazy. She tells me off a lot of the time, but it was literally um, therapy. Music has always been my therapy, and it was a way that I just wanted to create something for her, and. and I'll continue to do that. I think just like a that is, it's so cool. Mm. I yeah, I think it's such a cool thing to do for for your kid. Mm. It's a good motivating factor, children, isn't it? I think it does. It, it kind of, in a strange way, you you feel not an obligation to create for them, but it, it feels like it gives it meaning. Maybe maybe it does it gives it some some more meaning to you. It doesn't matter if it gives meaning to anybody else, but to you as as the person creating it, it gives you that sense of, I don't know, getting those feelings somewhere that aren't haunting you. I think the reality is, is like, you never, for me anyway, as a human, I never understood love before. Like, I understood love, but then... You understand love, I think, to a whole other level when you have, for me anyway, when you have a child and you understand, I think when you have a child, you understand what your parents may have felt and it gives you perspective on that. Um, and, and it makes you definitely, in the early years, it makes you less important, you know, yeah, which is I think a that's great the thing. thing. You can't be selfish, can you? You can't mm. be like with children. I think it it, 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 it definitely does that. It, and it, and it, it kind of, you 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 just you know you just landed with this baby and you're like just, you know you you either let it suffer or you're gonna love it and care for it and and look after it and and put that selfish side of you to somewhere else and you you I, I, I like God yeah it changed me massively having children absolutely fundamentally I think I mean you 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 were a man of love before you had children Kevin I, you the you're the most loving man he's like he's like a big bear of love man he's like mr love if you you and Barry Mike must have a little love going on scrambling I'm scrambling <laughs> like honestly if you were in a room right and imagine you were in a crowded nightclub there's thousands of people there right and you're there on the dance floor and then all of a sudden across the floor your eyes catch Kevin's and you're like oh my god it's the walrus of love. <laughs> the walrus of love. <laughs> I do not see myself love, like that at love, all. Love comes out of his eyes. Like, it comes out of his teeth. It comes out of his hair. It's like, you, like, you, you, you could, like, even if you were the most arrogant, hard bastard in the world, you'd see Kevin and you'd just be like, ah, oh, everything's going to be all right. That's interesting. I'm a quiet guy. I'm a quiet, I'm not quiet, but I'm a nerd. I'm a straight nerd, kind of. <laughs> Like don't be twisted. Like like I, I'm I'm a straight nerd. Like I watch Star Trek. I, I watch Battlestar Galactica. Oh, back in the day, yeah, I haven't but seen the new, new series. This, oh my god, it's, yeah, it's unbelievable, it? Kevin. It's oh, unbelievably right good, mate. Right I need like, something. New. The Cylons. It is so good. It is. You will like. It is so good. Okay, I'll check it out. Right, I'll check. I need something new because I've watched everything on Star Wars, everything on Star Trek, all the other. Everything you can imagine, like space, like that. What do you, like, what do you, what do you think of the new Star Trek? I didn't think it was. It was a bit. I love it, I, man. I love it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. 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 I love it
I've grown to like it. I think the more I've watched it, I've grown. It, it like, but yeah. Venom, man, Venom, come on. <laughs> <laughs> he jumps up and down, Venom, wherever you are. Love ya, all love the cast, yeah, love ya, love it. I'm really looking forward to your next album, Kev. Like your uh, your concept album about Star Trek. <laughs> it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. It's already in the works. <laughs> um, oh my god! Can we do shout outs? Shout out, yeah, mate. Let's. Do, uh, do you want me to go first, Kev? Yeah. I don't know if that's going to be helpful it to you or not. It would be very helpful. All right, man. All right. So my shout out this week uh, is Emily Boyd. Um, Emily Boyd is a, a abstract watercolour painter. It doesn't look like watercolour, right? I guess that's what I'm trying to get at. It, it looks like they're a lot finer than that. But but yeah, Emily Boyd, I'm, I'm really enjoying her work at the minute and I'm trying to work out if I've got the budget to to buy one of her original pieces to stick up in my little home gallery because i don't know i just think it's really really cool I, I think it was after we spoke to um jaime the other week paul i think that's that's what's done it for me all these like visual artists mm. i'm into it nice dan nice it. kev mate you, uh, i mean yeah my shout out is is to matt haig yeah I, I literally found his book um the comfort book via audible and on my morning walk, it gave me comfort. It gave me comfort. And it was um, a book that I was like, okay, all my students need to hear this. All my friends need to hear it. Because it's just like, makes you realise it's okay to look after self and take some time out. So, Matt Haig, um, thank you. Thank you. Oh, while we're talking about the sort of self-help, yeah. And while we're talking about that, uh, I did actually remember the website I was talking about. The guy, go to Daily Stoic. I think it's .com, uh, Paul. Hi. So you, you're, you're looking, we got a photo book. Yeah, yeah, I got a photo book this week. It's, um, I know you can't see it, but I'm, I'm holding it. American Geography by a guy called Matt Black. And it's, it, it's, it's phenomenal. Uh, there's a few books that have had this, like, impact on me when I've seen them. And the other one was, which has a similar sort of vibe, is that Trent Park, Minute to Midnight. It's grainy black and white images. And it's all across yeah, yeah. America. He breaks it into, like, um, I think four chapters. Yeah, from south and south and west, south and east, north and east, and north and west. But he, he basically he he writes um, like little diary entries of where he was on the day with a little sort of you know. I'll give you a quick line along the southernmost edge of the Navajo Nation. The horizon is wide open. Little neighborhoods are devoid of anything extra. A half day moon is dead, washed out and barely barely visible in the pale sky. And then he he, he basically. So there are amazing photographs, black and white, grainy of these places. But also he collects things like objects from like signs that he came across or knives and forks from the diners that he went to. And then he takes like pictures of those. Like it's really good. It's really like it's, it's really I, my favorite book I've seen this year, which is like I've had a lot of books this year, but it's up there. It, it's, it's a really wonderful piece of work yeah matt black i really like the idea that that's kind cutting across a lot of different things it's not just photography yeah. it's not just writing it's not like those are all like, it seems like a bit of a curation you, you almost i can see a lot of small stuff so i that's, can't really that's see all what's the going cigarette on. packets he smoked and he that's amazing that book sounds like amazing amazing like, amazing amazing yeah it's a real winner I, I recommend it i really recommend it beautiful is that current is that still yeah, out or just, is that just come out literally in the last month i think then thames and hudson um 
Over six years, one photographer covered 100,000 miles in 46 states to take an unflinching portrait of poverty in America today. That's cool. That's a really, I mean, I think the thing I like about that is, like we were talking earlier about honesty, and that kind of feels like the guy's living life and the photographs just happen. Yeah, right? well, it's not like he's out there to do the thing. He's out there to have the experience. Totally. And, and, and like this idea of, I, I did a course with Lewis Bush. Uh, he's a lecturer from one of the unis and he does these like courses on the weekends. Um, and I did one with storytelling and he said about collecting stuff, you know, and, and, and how important it is because this adds to the, the, what's the word? The bigger narrative, I suppose, by collecting right. all of these little trinkets and bits and pieces. And then you don't know maybe how you're going to use them at the time, but when you come to pull it all together at the end, it, it makes sense. And the cigarette packet is a really good example of, 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 of that idea and the knives and forks. And, and how, like, how do you think about that at the time? Like, how would you, like, I think it's amazing. <laughs> like, maybe, maybe they didn't, and that's the point. Is that you just collect? Is it. that why you're always stealing the uh, the beer glasses from the pub? Pool? <laughs> yes, <laughs> there's trinkets. Yes, and the Snickers from Tesco's. <laughs> <laughs> They're all in just trinkets. Coat, six, six Snickers in each pocket. <laughs> Beep! As I walked through the store, he's not me. With this kid, look at him. Look at him. <laughs> <laughs> wow! Amazing, uh, Kevin. Thank you for that, mate. We really, really appreciate your time, mate. Really do. Um, yeah. Okay. I, we should definitely do our sign off. Um, Kevin, mate, where's the best place for people to keep up to date with you, your latest project? Do you know, probably Instagram, which is really bad. I, I need to um, get a bit more on it with my website, but um, which I will do. It's, I it's, like, who does the website anymore? Apparently, they, apparently, websites are on the way out, boys. Well, we're fucked, man, aren't we? Yeah. We are. <laughs> <laughs> we've, got, we've got nothing else going on. Uh, what's your handle on Instagram? Um, just Kevin, Mark, M-A-R-K, and then Trail. Like, uh, I always say Kevin, and then, like, you make a mark, and Trail like a snail. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like it. Like it. Nice. Okay, you can also follow us on Instagram. We're at Idle Hand Society. No spaces, no underscores, no nothing. Um, I'll try and make sure we've got some links to the, some of the stuff we've been talking about and we'll put that in the show notes on the website um, and I'll be back again in two weeks time I don't think we've got a guest lined up but I'm sure it'll be someone just as amazing as Kevin take care of me